0: What are you devoted to? What do you long for the most? Have you ever risked something for the sake of devotion or love? If that's the case, what did you risk? Today we're going to look at a situation involving David from the Bible and his love for his hometown of Bethlehem and three of his highly devoted mighty men, warriors, who risked their lives to serve David a cool drink of water. This is the Another Chance podcast. I'm Brian Sussman. Well, thanks for joining me in this edition of the Another Chance podcast. We're in second Samuel chapter twenty three. In this particular podcast, I was reading about the life of David, and in this particular passage, chapter 23, verse 15 through 17, I was reading an interesting scripture, which is otherwise quite strange. It says, And David longed and said, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And three of his mighty men broke through a host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink of it. He poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? And therefore he wouldn't drink it. These things did these three mighty men. So I got to thinking about this and contemplating about this and looking at various commentaries about this, and I came across a very, very interesting commentary from a pastor named Joseph Benson. He was actually an early Methodist minister. He lived from 1749 to 1821. And I'll read to you what Pastor Benson has to say, and I'll add some of my own thoughts as well. He says, David's fortunes at this point were at a low ebb. He was hiding in his cave of Adullam. Now, this cave of Adullam, you can read about the story of David. David passed up several opportunities in this cave to kill Saul, who, by the way, was attempting to kill him. (laughs) Because... All of David's followers believed he had been chosen by God to succeed King Saul. So there was quite the rivalry, as you'll read, about the life of David. But David refused to fight unfairly. He, for example, had the opportunity to kill Saul once while he was asleep. He wouldn't do it. He had another chance to kill Saul while Saul was going to the bathroom. He didn't do it because Saul was the rightly appointed king, and David didn't want to touch him. So David was a very honorable guy, but this cave was one of the places he would hang out. He was sweltering in this cave. The fierce heat of harvest was taking place. And he was thinking about his native Bethlehem. He remembered the old days when he had watered his flock at the well by its gate or mingled with the people of the little town in their evening assemblies around this particular well. And these memories of boyhood rose up radiant within him, and he was immersed in the past and thinking of the grim present as he was was hiding from Saul and all of the perils that were threatening his life. And as he lay there in the cave, he longed for one more drink of the water that tasted so cool and was so sweet to his memory. Well, he talked about this. And three of his mighty men, as they're described in the Bible, bound to him by loyal devotion and unselfish love, were ready to die for him at any moment, they saw an opportunity to gratify King David. So they slipped away from Adulam. And the Bible says they broke through a host of Philistines. So these three mighty men were in some kind of engagement, some kind of battle with the Philistines, and were able to get to this well simply to get some water for David to drink and they brought it back to David in the cave and David's reception of the of the sparkling gift was was interesting because in David's eyes the water was dyed with blood and not really water at all but it represented the lives of men men who had risked their very lives to get the water. And who knows if there were Philistines killed in the process. The water was too precious to be used to satisfy his longing. David felt it was base self-indulgence to drink something that had been won by such self-forgetting devotion. And he believed that God only Had the right to receive what men had risked their lives to obtain. And therefore, the Bible says, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. What lessons can we learn from this? Well, there are many, and we'll tick through a few of them for you right now on the Another Chance podcast. David, as I mentioned, was a fugitive in this cave. And he was haunted by the nostalgia that made Bethlehem seem so fair and so dear. And that may stand for us as an example of the longings and the thirsts that sometimes force themselves into the consciousness of every soul. You know, below the bustle and strife of daily life. And I'm reading here right from Pastor Benson's commentary below the bustle and strife of daily life, occupied as it must be with material and often ignoble things, below the hardness into which the world has compressed men's surface nature, there lies a yearning for the cool water that rises hard by the gate of our native home. You know, it's true, isn't it? There's always something that draws us to our native home. I'll never forget the story of a friend. He was in Vietnam, combat soldier, in the midst of a firefight, and he was trapped. He had the enemy on one side, and behind him were the American forces. Somehow they had gotten in a situation where he and his men were caught in the middle And I remember him telling me that this firefight lasted for 24 hours and all they could do was just duck. They couldn't do anything but duck. No one knew they were there. They had to just duck. And in recounting this story to me, he told me that he prayed for the first time since he was a little child. He prayed, God, I don't Want to die in this foreign land. If I'm going to die, please let me die back home. And that prayer was what set things in motion for him to eventually come to know the Lord Jesus Christ back home. But let's get back to these three mighty men. Because here's what Pastor Benson says these three rough soldiers lawless and fierce as they were, had been so loyal to David that they were ready to dare anything to pleasure him. They stand as grand instances of the height of devotion of which the rudest nature is capable when once its love and loyalty are evoked. I ask you this question, friends, what are you devoted to? What do you love the most? I once attended a memorial for the husband of a friend. And I will tell you, this man was very difficult to be around. And sadly, there was nothing in this man's character that I saw endearing. There was no personal quality I was drawn to, except for this. His passion, his devotion was work. He was very successful at what he did. And in the process of his devotion, he made a lot of people a lot of money. He was totally devoted to work. And all of the tributes made during this memorial spoke of just that, work. Not love, not generosity, not compassion, just his devotion to work. Benson continues by saying, How such deeds ennoble the lowest types of character and make us think better of men, and more sadly, of the contrast between their habitual characteristics and the possibilities that lie slumbering in their ignoble lives. You see, this is where Jesus comes in. Jesus can unleash, Jesus can untap that love and true devotion that is lying deep within all of us. Once you come to know Jesus as Savior, once you acknowledge that he died for your sins, once you repent of those sins, the Holy Spirit comes in and boom, you are uncorked. Benson continues by saying, let us not judge men too harshly, by what they do and are, but let us try to bring their sleeping possibilities into conscious exercise and let us remember that love and self-sacrifice, which is the very outcome and nature voice of love, ennoble the most degraded. I'm thinking of that old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now I'm found Was blind and now I see. My words, not Benson's. Let us remember, my friends, that the potential within all of us is untapped when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. Benson continues, but these heroic three mighty men may suggest to us a sadder thought. They were ready to die for David would they have been as ready to die for God? These noble emotions of love leading to risk one's life to pleasure the beloved are freely given to men, but too often withheld from God. We lavish on our beloveds or on our chosen leaders a devotion that ought to shame us when contrasted with the scantiness of our grudging devotion and self-surrender to him if we loved God a tenth as much as we love our wives or husbands or parents or children or work and we're willing to do and bear as much for Him as we're willing to bear for them, how different our lives would be. We can love utterly, enthusiastically, self-forgettingly and be willing to sacrifice for life itself. But do we do so for God? These heroic three may suggest another thought. Their self-sacrificing love was illustrious, but there is a nobler, more powerful, more soul-subduing instance of such love. They broke through the ranks of the Philistines to bring David a drink from the well of Bethlehem. If we would see the highest example of self-sacrificing love, we must turn to look, not in the instances of it that shine through the ages on a page of history, but instead we must think of the ultimate love, Jesus, hanging on the cross, because he loved those who did not love him, and he gave his life as a ransom for all sinners. For David, the sparkling water was too sacred to be taken for any baser use than as a libation to God, Benson says. And who can doubt that the three mighty men were more fully repaid for their devotion as David poured it out unto the Lord than if he had drunk it up eagerly. I'm sure it made a lasting impact on these three mighty men. In fact, think about it. We are still talking about it to this day. David would have been selfish if he consumed the water. David would not drink it because the cups seemed to him to be, to be red with blood. And Jesus, think of this, Jesus offers us not just a cold drink of water, but he offers us his blood. He bids us to drink of it. That's what we do at communion. There's a cup of wine in the Passover ceremony that represents the blood of our Savior. He gave his life a ransom for us, for all. The generous devotion of the three kindled answering emotions in David's breast. David's impulse was to offer to God what was too precious for his own use. And so it is with our greatest surrender, the surrender of ourselves to the Lord God Almighty. When we give ourselves to Jesus as Savior, he renders us back to ourselves with far better worth than anything that existed before. We are never so much our own as when we are wholly His. And the same thing is true to all of our riches of mind, heart, or even worldly wealth. If we wish to taste the most delicate and refined sweetness, let's give it back to Jesus. He accepts it, and then he gives it back to us. And this leaves a lingering fragrance that nothing else in this world can impart. Was not the water from the well of Bethlehem sweeter to David as he poured it out unto the Lord than if he had greedily gulped it down? I think so. My friends, we call this the Another Chance podcast because our God, the Everlasting Father, El Olam in Hebrew, is the God of not a second chance. Oh, you get your second chance, but he'll give you another chance to get it right as well. Let's pray right now. Father, we humbly come before you and those worldly things we are devoted to, the worldly things that we love more than you, right now we repent. We repent and we take those things and we offer them back to you, Lord. And whatever you would have us to do with those things, we'll listen to your Holy Spirit and obey. Thank you for being so kind so merciful to us. And we praise you for this. In your Son's name, who gave His life for us. Amen. This is the Another Chance podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brian Sussman. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Really appreciate your listenership. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.